Greetings, nerds. This is Nina Nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with me, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Will Paul. How are you doing tonight, Will? I'm doing very well, sir. How are you doing tonight? Doing good. Doing yeah. good. You know, I feel I feel energized. I know. I know. You were uh, you were like popping a bunch of tweets out uh, this evening, like once, like I was like, wow, okay. Sarah's getting warmed up for the show. <laughs> okay. We we know who the true culprit of that is, Miss Sarah Jean from Earth Two. Yeah. She she was baiting me. I mean, some of her tweets, I was like, oh, I gotta react to that. <laughs> I'm going to react to that. And then Veronica's like, ooh, look at this. And I'm like, ooh, new shiny object. Yeah. Let me let me respond. <laughs> so, and you're no better. You always put stuff out in the scene and nerd feed. And I'm like, oh, I feel obligated to respond because it's our account. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know. I know. I have to remember to, like, retweet stuff from our account, too. But, uh, yeah, it, well, you know, it was uh, – yeah, folks were very active tonight, and even even with the flash, um, folks were. I was trying to like dot bob and weave on spoilers and stuff, and I was trying to watch a little bit of it before uh, before we started recording here. But I just I just gave up. I was like, okay, I'm just gonna just get off the interwebs and and uh, not get spoiled, even though you know it is what it is. And it's always funny to watch Twitter explode. I mean, earlier this week, uh, the new Aladdin oh. trailer dropped. And oh. boy, do people have Ooh, opinions, yeah. including yeah. me. Ooh, I don't know what was worse. Uh, folks, you know, killing J-Lo for cultural appropriation or, or, or the Aladdin trailer. Because it was, it, was it was pretty neck and neck there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what are your thoughts on that trailer? Boy, so <laughs> uh, I was talking to someone about it today, and uh, and will will will. <laughs> it sounds so yeah. weird. <laughs> yeah, Will Smith. Um, so you know, that's the pile on. You know, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's the Smurf Smurfs are calling. Um, you know, it's. I guess the thing that bothered me, and I watched it again tonight. Whenever, um, just so we could, so be, get my same visceral reaction. The trailer itself, I mean, the movie itself, it looks. I, I, I actually, I, I think it's going to be good. If it didn't have Will Smith as that blue whatever the fuck he is. I mean, <laughs> oh my God! Your children will okay. hear you. I'll edit that. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was so perfect. I'm I'm so used to being the potty mouth on this show. I was like, finally, Will has cursed. Yeah, this is yeah. amazing. It's uh, I don't know. It's just yeah. It's bad. It's just really really bad. I mean, I was thinking like I was thinking of like uh, Moana and like The Rock when he was playing uh, uh-huh. the character. And yes, I knew it was The Rock and the voice and everything, but. It didn't, you know. They did a good job of dressing the character up and 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 not it being just a rock. And you, obviously, you have Robin Williams and his iconic playing of the genie, and you can't mm-hmm. help but do that. But instead, I just get like Will Smith, not even trying to be another character. It's just Will Smith again being Will Smith like his same old trope but every single role that he plays and he's got this 
funky-ass blue makeup job going on that is just, oh my god, I mean, come on, Disney, you're Disney, do do better. Yeah, do, yeah. Do better. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. they can do better. We've seen yes. them do better. We know it's in their budget. We know they're they're taking all that Avengers money. So put it yes. put it somewhere. So, so here's here's something interesting about that trailer. Um, I compare it to the latest Fantastic Four movie trailer because somebody um, on a podcast mentioned one time in reaction to when that first trailer dropped that they didn't have a good feeling about the movie because nobody talked. And when watching this trailer, I think it's really interesting how the trailer is quote-unquote long, yet only maybe two people have two lines, three lines. Aladdin hasn't said a damn thing, which worries me because the whole movie is on his shoulders. I don't know if he can act. Neither has Jasmine. Now, her... um, I forget her actress name, but but she has been in more movies, and I think she'll be fine. But still, I'm kind of like, hey, I I'm a I'm a '90s yeah. kid. If you tell me I'm gonna watch Aladdin, you know what'll sell me? Yeah. Whole new yeah, world. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and also, Jasmine should be in a blue outfit. It keeps bothering me. I understand you want color, but there's something about yeah. the blue outfit that. I, I haven't seen them capture it, and that is right, iconic. Right, right. I mean, <laughs> there's other parts of the trailer that I, I really, you know, I liked. I mean, it, you know, it is, it does create a, a, a whole world, and and it's very colorful, and not a whole new yeah, world, though. Yeah, yeah, but it's just, I just can't get past Will Smith, and it's just, yeah. It, again, Disney, you can do better. I mean, Thanos. You mean you took Josh Brolin and made him into this amazing being? You can do better. You have all this budget. You well, can you can de-age Samuel L. Jackson to the point where my wife was like, we were watching a show the other night, and a Captain Marvel trailer came on, and she's like, wow, Sam 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 looks good. I'm like, they de-aged him, and she was like, oh, so it, they have the budget yeah. to do it, right? I think though. You can only blame them for half of it because the other half is the fact that Josh Brolin, he took that character and through yeah. acting, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> elevated the material into the iconic Avengers villain yeah. that we know. And I think that's really underneath it all is really what is so annoying about that scene is it was it was Will Smith in blue makeup. And at the end of the day, whether it's Will Smith or whether it's Jasmine's outfit, clearly it's just the blues <laughs> all over this trailer. I see what you did there, and you're so right. <laughs> I, had to, I had to sneak it in there. I, I, I thought about it, and I was like, ooh, Will, stop talking so I can see <laughs> this. Iconic. Well, again, it, it, it drove me to... Yeah, it drove me to f bombs tonight because it's just it just it just really frustrates me when I when I saw it again. You you know you have the blues about so many things this week because you also mentioned on our rundown tonight the Oscars are um, I don't know making the wrong decisions oh, yeah. again um, or something. Yeah, yeah, they they are, and I, I think this will anyone who's listened to us for a long time. 
I, I thought of you when I when I saw this news uh, where the Oscars have decided, in addition to, let's see, where do we begin? Let's see, we, we go back to the fall where they try to come up with the popular movie category and then they get Kevin Hart mm-hmm. and they don't do a simple, like, you know, check his timeline to make sure there's nothing offensive there because, I mean, hello, we're in 2019. Everybody has something that they've said that can get you in trouble. And, and then, right. then we find out they're going to give out four awards during a commercial break. And what four awards are they playing? They are going to <laughs> hand out cinematography, makeup and hair, makeup and hairstyling, okay. film editing, and live action shorts. Oh, and it gets better. They say, well, you know, we are going to be showing these things on all other, all different types of platforms, and we're going to be streaming the show, and blah blah blah, and and I'm like. Just, just stop it. Just, just, you're just digging a deeper hole. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's, you know, tonight in preparing for my notes, I have mentions of film of editing and uh, an editing error. And in previous shows, I've mentioned editing errors. And I think that the fact that the Oscars are going to, yes, they're still going to award people in that um, for their creativity, because editing is so important in terms of telling a visual story. I just think it's wrong, though, because there are far more weaker categories. Yeah. (laughs) Makeup and hair, you know what I blame? It was the mistake that last year Suicide Squad (laughs) won for makeup and hair. (laughs) So I understand that one. But you know what's crazy is I think, um, well, costume design, Black Panther's up for. I think they're a shoo-in for that category. So, okay, they're not being, like, like, who decides what, what people not only deserve an award, but deserve to be recognized on that large of a platform in front of anyone who watches? I mean, it just, it just defies logic and, and reason, but I mean, that's, that's been consistent with the leadership of the Oscars this year. Um, and it, it and I, when I was reading, I think I read an article. I think it was in Variety or something like that. And and one of the nominees was just like, "Look, you know, we are the backbone of film. I mean, cinema, cinematography, film editing. I mean, those without, um, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. those are the things that pull all this together. I mean, if and it really is a slap. I, I mean, I feel offended for the nominees." Because um, you know, I've, you know, doing this podcast with you has have, I've really gained a, a greater appreciation for for those types of things and in the discussions that we've had on it. And you know, I feel offended for those folks that they're getting relegated to not being you know recognized, as you said, on the the largest stage um, of the telecast, uh, getting relegated to. Oh yeah, and by the way, these people won, and you know, you may see it on Twitter or, or Facebook, or you know, if you are the people who have cut the cord and you know stream everything, maybe you'll watch it, you know, there. But you know, that's a, a smaller audience than what you'll, you know, where the, the vast majority of people still consume, which is you know, via television. Right, right. You know, I was watching uh, True Detective season three last night. Mm-hmm. I've just started it. 
and um, I immediately was sucked in the story, not just because um, the writing is back to season one level writing quality, but also, I mean, Mahershala, Mahershala Ali is kind of like just a heavyweight these days in terms of acting and performance, and he's probably going to get an Emmy for this. Um, but the cinematography is breathtaking, and the editing is so smart. It is Sharp Objects Season 1 smart in how they're telling the story and deconstructing the narrative. And and you're absolutely right. Like, cinematography, photography, and um, editing is really the backbone, and most most directors, like, they prefer to have certain people do those jobs time and time again because they know that they can shoot all the right scenes, but they need somebody to put it together in a way that is unique and interesting and does the story justice and also make it visually appealing so you don't feel like this is like a student filmmaker or things you could shoot on your iPhone. Like, like there's a, there's an artistry there that, um, it is very offensive. They would they would undermine in yeah, that way. Yeah, it, it's just you know, you know, maybe twenty twenty they'll they'll figure it out. But you know, and knowing the Oscar folks, they got they have two weeks, so maybe they'll back off and. You know, I think this is a perfect time to transition into Black Lightning because they had a major editing mistake that drove me crazy during this episode, which I like this episode. Um, it's just I couldn't stop thinking about it once it happened. <laughs> so, so halfway through the show, Tobias is starting to wake up the pod people, right? We're like a quarter of the way. And so they take the big syringe and stab it through this guy's yeah. guy's chest. Okay. Okay. Um, there was no rip of the fabric <laughs> on his shirt. You, you go back and rewatch that. <laughs> they remove the syringe and it's like nothing ever happened. It is bizarre. And I, I just couldn't stop looking at it. I'm like... Yeah. Um, so, so clearly that's a prop. Yeah. Um, all suspension of disbelief is out the window for me right now. Um, how did anybody not see that? <laughs> Oops. <laughs> <laughs> it was really bad. <laughs> like, like, and and this is my point about editing. Once you realize there's a mistake in that, you can't yeah. see it, and that's all your mind is focusing on while people are doing some cool yeah, stuff. Yeah, you're right. Wow, wow. So I have to go back and look at that again. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, when I saw that scene, I was, just, I, I was, just, as I said, uh, I thought of the scene in Pulp Fiction, but, uh, but. Uh, now I'm going to look at it in a whole new light. <laughs> <laughs> so little things, yeah, so little just, details. Just, just a little details. That's it. Man, Freeland is just, it's, um, I, I don't know what's going on. A lot of different things are happening in Freeland. Everybody kind of is, um, I feel like now, 
I feel momentum. Yeah. That's what I'll say. I felt a lot of momentum there, in this episode, and I appreciate yeah, there that. There was a lot of that, and where where to begin? Um, well, where to begin? Because there's so much. I mean, Jennifer's story. I mean, it's, you know, I mentioned I think a few weeks back. I thought that this is you know, this season is going to be, or at least four B or two B for Black Lightning was going to be Jennifer's story. And it it really has has become that, and I'm I'm really liking what they're doing with this character, um, mm-hmm. because it, I mean, just you know, there was just a lot of little fun digs as far as like her you know, her being, you know, Gamby was like you know she has more powers than you did in your prom, and I, I I love that interaction between Jefferson and Gamby because he's like, what do you mean, eh. My prom. My prom. <laughs> <laughs> and like, really, and uh, and I think seeing her, you know, working through all those emotions and you know coming to grips with Khalil's death because you know last week's episode was just so somber and very, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you know, I. I Realized at that point how much I've actually gotten invested in the in the show, and and even though I know we were sometimes we felt that things were kind of dragging where we had Khalil and Jennifer on their on their runaway trip or whatever you want to call it, um, it, it that that was that arc was really necessary to really establish her, and and we see this all the time with our heroes that tragedy to basically open a door to them embracing their metahuman nature and and so we're getting that payoff now with her and just you know, get the, get out of her way because you know she is she is hell bent on getting revengeance for for Khalil and coming after Tobias so you know, there is that that momentum that is that is definitely building towards that mm-hmm yeah, I I finally like it took us a while to get there, but I like where Jennifer currently is. I love um all of the metaphors about her being a nuclear bomb and on the brink of self destruction and it's scaring yeah. Will bitless yeah. <laughs> because this is a teenage like a father of a teenage daughter's worst nightmare and it's not a far stretch from the reality oh, yeah, of that situation. My father yeah, can attest I, to that. I, I, had it, I had it this morning, so I, I, I yeah, it was just a very like uh, the drive to school this morning was just like, all right, let me just get this girl to school. Yeah, and and it, you know, it reminds me of some of our discussions about season one and how it was at the high school, and so yes, as much as the there was melodrama, it's really um, the plot lines. Um, in the sense of family and growing up, um, they they used it in a way to parallel the the Jefferson and his kids getting these powers and not knowing what to do with it. So so I feel like this season maybe they haven't because they've been so removed from the high school that now we're starting to see more of that parallel between growing up and trying to not only grow up with powers but being yeah. a parent. And responsible for somebody yeah. with powers, and you're you're seeing that with Lynn too. Um, and I kind of pat myself 
on the back for this one, but she finds herself in a very lowest lane type situation as she's trying to per she's she's getting a lot of her strings pulled by different people, different motivations, and she's she's put, finding herself with the back her back up against a hard place and and it's um she needs rescuing. So I just I was watching it and I'm like, Lynn, you're smarter yeah, yeah. than this. <laughs> but I can also see how your desire to help is interfering with um, your your intellect. So it, which happens, I, I think it happens more commonly than not. Um, but it, it just it, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm this is the first time that where I've had to be like, oh, Lynn is a total lowest yeah, lane. Type. Uh, yeah, you're right, because most all the times, you know, when they were. You know, end of season one when the ASA uh, tracked tracked them down to the uh, cabin, Gamby's cabin in the in the forest. Uh, you know, she was like, "Okay, lock and load, let's go." And and she took mm-hmm. care of Doctor. Um, uh, what's the? Um, gosh, I'm blanking on her name. Um, There's a lot of doctor Doctor Chase. Doctor Chase. Chase. And she, yeah, and this truly was like. Like you said, that Lois Lane moment where she did reach out to Jefferson, and um, he, he had to, and with with Thunder come in and, and save the day. Mhm. You know, whenever Thunder comes on screen, they just should, should play the song yep. Thunder. <laughs> and I, and I even like. Like, I think for a moment there, for a minute, I was worried about Tobias as a villain because this is our second season with him. He he continues to do, do the same thing again and again. We get it. But he, he's he got his girl now. He's got his power. Made one mistake, in my opinion. You don't kill a character played by R.J. <laughs> Kyler. I mean, that's just stupid. But he's even smart enough to to randomly select the pod people and just randomly find himself with the masters of disaster. I mean, the guy's got luck on his side clearly oh, yeah. right he, now. Tobias is like, yeah, he's playing with house money now as far as villains. Uh, and he, I'm, I'm, you know, you're right. I was worried that they were going to make him a very one-dimensional type of character, but they he, he has several, he has such layers. As far as his villainy, and mm-hmm. you know, obviously the ruthlessness, the the humor, the um, he does you know he does have that sentimental like with with Cutter, uh, you know, as far as their their buddy relationship and you know and and really mm-hmm. what shows that was when he was uh, the, the the portrait in in his office. And yeah. how he was, you know, very fond of that, and and had that depth of emotion, and you know, a cutter even like, you know, commented on it, and he was, you know, so it just opened up so many levels to Tobias and and Crondon does just he just they couldn't have found a better, I mean, he just play he plays the hell out of that role, and I, I, I'm really glad that one that they got a, a third season, but two, I'm really. I'm really liking what they're doing with this 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 current arc in the Book of Secrets, and you know, finding the Masters of Disaster, and and building the meta meta army. All those little 
threads are, are, are coming together here and uh, well, they, they may resolve them here at the end of season two, but I, I'm hoping that they, they continue this arc into season three. Yeah, absolutely. I, something that also stuck out to me in this episode specifically is Cutter herself. Um, often we see villains similar to Tobias who usually have a right hand man. In this case, he has a right-hand woman who's also very powerful and, and a henchwoman. Like, that's what she is. But they also have their budding relationship. And, and you can see, I saw towards the end with the whiskey moment, like how she could eventually yeah. threaten him for, for yeah. his power. Um, and I think that is so so different from what I'm used to seeing because I'm used to seeing the 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 um the evil master being overthrown by the apprentice but it's always that two guys or two girls even um but so so i like how they're kind of using a romance that that could go south um to split up this duo who's right now reigning yeah, king yeah, and queen I, I thought that same thing too i was like i wonder if that whiskey's like spiked or something <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You're you're like, whoa, she's like already yeah. on her throne. What's going yeah. on here? Why is he acting so casual about this? You don't know. I um but it turns out she just wanted to say, "Hey, I killed yep. Todd for you." Again, stupid mistake. <laughs> I was so disappointed, and yeah, then I'm like, well, "Oh, but, you know, oh, well, that, that's, okay, that's the bias." Fun. Well, once once you've outlived your usefulness, uh, you know, gas to go, gas to go, gas yeah. to go, gas to go. Yeah. Well, oh man. I just want to uh, also just before we move on from Black Lightning is um, Jefferson's choice uh, with the school. Um. I, I just wanted to bring that up in that I'm glad that they didn't take the lazy way out and uh, put him, reinstall him as the uh, principal. I want more Stand By Me moments in these episodes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been hard on Jefferson this season, I'll admit it. Um, and this episode, that one stand by me call out moment I was like you know what yeah. he's right where's the second chance what is where has Jefferson been and 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 I completely agree it was a great decision to reincorporate that plot point yeah. bring it back up re-raise the issue and also say we're not ready to go back there yet we've moved on from that chapter and and jefferson has moved on from that and it's important that in terms of everything else we're setting up around him that we don't allow him to get back to that position yeah, so easily yeah. it was just I mean, I, i'm glad yeah like you said i'm glad they're back in the school because that was one of the elements that i liked about the first season and and also, uh, and just a show in general. So, I mean, you know, this show is not shy to take on take on issues and you know having a viral moment and you know and also the principal uh, Lowry, you know, saying, "Hey, look, you know, I had a hard life too. I mean, and you know, you don't see me doing X, Y, and Z, but 
you know, but but it was a a good way. I think they handled the question, the issue of white privilege, in a very thought provoking way because you know Lowry and maybe by Jefferson taking the stance that he did, maybe this will give Lowry the open the door for him to do some self reflection as far as why okay. he might you know. You know, especially to your point, what you brought up about second chances. I mean, Lowry just mm-hmm. Jefferson just gave him that second chance. Mhm. Yep. Um, here's a Will's choice moment for you. Who handled white privilege better, cloak and dagger or ooh, black lightning? Ooh. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 can I can I get a can I get a uh, can I get a pass this week? Until second season, until we until we get the second season of uh, Cloak and Dagger, <laughs> you might have to um, get a pass until next week, so you can send on a Twitter poll yeah. on that. <laughs> good. See, I notice I also labeled it a Will's Choice moment. I'm not yeah. going to answer that because <laughs> I don't know. know. That's, that's a very good question. That's a, that's a very good question. I mean, both shows handled handled that subject very well, and you know, I'll have to go back and rewatch some of Cloak, but I mean, they, you know, they they definitely flipped. You know, the, I think Cloak and Dagger, just briefly, you know, they flipped that. Obviously, with with you know Ty having the the what, all the breaks mm-hmm. and the good life, quote unquote, good life, and, and Tandy not. Um, you know, I think I'm just saying I'm just going to hold judgment for right now because I want to see what they do with Lowry. Uh, and see, right. how, and right. and no, see how, they, how they handle handle that, that when he realizes that it was Jefferson that gave him that second chance in the con- especially in the context that you raised with the stand by me moment and um, not stand by me um, um, you know the movie with Morgan Freeman moment <laughs> um, but uh, I don't I, I, I like can maybe yeah, picture it yeah. but yeah <laughs> um, speaking of not taking the easy way out, uh, Deadly Class had an episode last week. Yeah, are you all yeah. caught up? Oh, I'm, I'm really, I'm okay. really, enjoy- I, I really want to really talk about it. The show. <laughs> they had mirror episode four, uh, mirror people. Set, sets it up the classic hey this is a high school TV show so we're going to do a spin on the breakfast yep. club and I was initially kind of like really why what what purpose and then they uh, they started killing people and uh, I knew who was going to be bye the bye first Jared. to die but <laughs> bye bye Jared what? <laughs> bye bye Jared bye bye you saw it coming you had to because <laughs> we did um, but then they they eventually they dropped all of those um, references and it just became a version of that tale on its own, like the deadly class version of that episode. And and I I loved it. I that fight scene in the oh, diner yeah. at the end. That's something you get in it, a movie. It, yeah, yeah. Like. It was genius. That was some Mr. Robot level it was, crap. It was. I, I, I actually watched the uh, the after after class, and they and they mm-hmm. were uh, interview. They were talking with the, the the cast and crew 
uh, about filming that particular scene, and they had the stunt coordinator on there, and he was just uh, sharing how they choreographed they, they, they choreographed that that scene, and you know, really bringing out the uh, just the sheer dance. You know, I'll, I'll just say the dancing elements of the, mm-hmm. of the of the fight, and really working with the actors and making it very fluid. And it was, it, yeah. I mean, it, you're right. It was like next level um, choreography, fight choreography. Yeah, and I like how all of like every character wasn't fighting the same. They they had their own spin on it because of their skills, because of where they come from. I mean, Marcus's fighting style. He yep. he's from the street. And so he was like, grab anything and everything, yep. throw it at them. That's all I can really do. And he got beat up a bunch, but he still pushed through because it's Marcus. And then Saya's over here like, just give me yeah. a sword. Give me a sword. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> give, me my, give me my sword back. Yeah, that was, you know, that was one of the things that they talked about in the after class was, uh, and, and even during the episode, uh, how the, her sword is an extension of herself. Which, which I mean, I love the references to her cultural uh, culture and and how that I I totally buy into that. I it's not it's not faking it. It it makes sense and it, especially because we've seen her now for three episodes and she's never right. without it. Right. So so I, I I mean this show I really like what they're doing and you know from listening and talk about other shows how I hate when they're like hey this boy and this girl they like each other they don't know what to do with it we know they're eventually going to get together even though that's how Marcus and Saya are being set up I am all on board that shit <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have a name yet as far as I can tell but I notice suddenly um it, like when episode three dropped, there were hardly any Marcus and Saya fan vids on YouTube, and then suddenly like a whole bunch started after this right. episode. I, I, I feel like Sarah's gonna be keep an eye out, y'all. Sarah's gonna make one. <laughs> I'm actually trying to. I just can't find the clips. It's really sad and annoying me because I really have an idea yeah, for yeah. one. It's well, not maybe, working maybe out. Maybe after a couple more episodes, you'll have a, have enough material to work with, or either that, or just maybe do a do a hot, you know, do a do a little thirty second trailer tease for uh, for for a longer project project. But you're right. Um, it, it, that end of that episode, you know, the, the little awkward finger moment that Marcus was was having with Saya, and you know, it's just like, do it already, do it already. But but you know, but at the same time, just in the context of everything, I'm glad they're kind of letting it play, you know, play it naturally, play itself out. Right, and and they also did something that I haven't had happen to, to me in a while, where they had a cold open with characters completely outside of the school, and um, I forgot about it. And by the end of the episode, when they do their final tease moment, um, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why this is important. <laughs> I totally think, like, I don't, I don't know if you had the same experience, um, but that was, that was for me. And I, I, 
just there's something they're they're taking their time but they're not going too slow for me um in the world building that is needed for this story in the first yeah, season yeah it's it's a very well paced show i i i agree um you know normally about you know i guess i have my three episode rule if it's up and out by then i'm i'm out i'm bailing but um obviously making it through that i think that it's just i think you know with high school shows and teenage drama shows they can they can really work well or they can just be really really bad and it with the melodrama mm-hmm. and um you know forced angst and, and all that kind of thing but by placing it in the 80s placing it in a class in a in a setting where you have all these you know basically you're training these assassins and then you, you throw on top of that the teenage element they they've done they, this episode in particular worked well because they let the teenagers be teenagers yeah and and the adults yeah. be adults because as much as the teenagers draw you in what's really um, starting to creep its way to the focal point is what the understanding of how this school came to be, who are all the players, what's its purpose, what's its mission, and has it strayed right. from that? Because remember, there's that scene in one of the previous episodes where it was very clear the rats do not survive the final. That's right. That's right. That was very, very, very clear. So, yeah, um, they are doing uh, that very well, and I, you know, I'm, hooked, I'm, I'm definitely on board with this show. Yeah, yeah, I it's it's a keeper, and I can't wait for the next episode um, because it just continues to elevate um, what it started in that first episode. Let's fast forward to Star City, um, both present day and in 2040. Um, they they did a. This felt like a Halloween episode. What is a Halloween episode doing airing in February? <laughs> well, I don't, it, it felt totally like a Halloween episode. And the only, I guess, you know, all the rules in prison back in Halloween, so they, they, they had to, they had to, <laughs> they had to save it till now. Or maybe, maybe it was a commentary on Valentine's Day. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? I I just I mean Deadpool gets released in about like February, so exactly. why not? Why not drop this kind of episode? Huh? This episode, I'm still trying to wrap my mind around because I'm very mixed on it. Um, it's not that I didn't like it. I also wasn't blown away by it. Um. I much prefer prison Stanley version than Stanley outside. His character felt so one-dimensional. Yeah. Yeah, and that that really fell flat. Him being a threat. Okay, this is what bothered me. I'm so glad we're talking about this. (laughs) Takes me a while to get there, but then I'll get there. Um, He felt so non-threatening because they decided to use the the gas substance to freeze everyone and the whole time I'm like how are they talking to him 
if they're frozen still, they're still able to talk. That doesn't right, make sense. Right, episode when a person was frozen, they had a hard time speaking. Yeah. And and here, um, Oliver is delivering like a full monologue, and I'm like, yeah, shut yeah. up. <laughs> it, it, uh, I get... I think that scene was about a minute and 30 or two minutes too long because mm-hmm. they had built up a, I mean the tension was building I, mean, I, I was I was there for a while but but after yeah after a moment I was just like okay too much exposition too much it's just like yeah cause the, it, it was just like it was padded just so they could just just do the um, you know result which was going to happen which I, we all saw happen as soon as we saw the bottle mm-hmm. just, don't, just don't drag it out mm-hmm. because it, 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 by, by the time it was executed it, all the momentum and all the tension was gone right the momentum and tension might I add that was built because freaking canary lost yeah. her cry or we don't know if she lost her cry but we know why she has that scar in the future and in that moment i was i was thinking about it and i'm like wait a second like three minutes before it happened i was like wait a second is she gonna get her scar <laughs> yeah. and then it happened and i was like yeah. oh my god but imagine if they had taken this episode instead of incorporating the elicity subplot and leaving that maybe for another time. Why not have this be about Dinah? She's now the police captain, an outed vigilante, an outed mm-hmm. meta. There's so many dimensions to that. And I'm so thankful that they gave her the screen time she had. She deserved yeah. more. Because those moments with Dr. Or, um, Chief oh, uh, Captain Singh. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I, go I, ahead. I was just thinking that. I mean, that... All those moments in that episode, I, I was happy to see Captain Singh and Cap and, Hap, and it really they were touching on it throughout the episode as far as her being out it and being a meta and 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 it yes they should have just they, they, you're right they should have held off on the obviously telegraphed um, Mia reveal for another episode and mm-hmm. I, and, I, and I think to your earlier point and about this episode it, it was serviceable and but you know in our discussion here tonight it, it the thing that keeps coming back to me is all this stuff is telegraphed and yep. and like we saw it coming and you know we talked about this i don't know if it was last week or week before about once we do get that ultimate i guess it was last week when we talked 150 um um, Mm -hmm. when we thought when we do get the inevitable reveal about mia and um connor and everything will it will it work and will because it's, it's sort of like savitar with the flash we saw it coming everybody called it like early on in the season when, when, when Mia was first introduced and when it finally did happen it, it I was like okay I mean I saw it it didn't have that it didn't have mm-hmm. the oomph that it, it could have had because we, we, we saw it coming right. uh, versus you know Emeko 
that actually worked in comparison. In comparison, yeah. I mean, yeah. we compared it to as far as reveals this season. Mm-hmm. That one was more effective for a reveal than this one. Yeah, I'll I'll agree with that, and even her connection to Oliver and and how all of that played out um, worked worked better than this reveal. Like I ain't hating <laughs> it. <laughs> But, I mean, you don't cast that actress and think, oh, we're not going to have her be Oliver and Felicity's child. (laughs) Yeah. No. No. (laughs) Like, um, yeah, I, and I don't, I can't figure out if it was a timing issue or just the way the acting was in that scene, which it wasn't Mia acting. It's growing up William is starting to get on my nerve. That actor, um, he was laughable. I'll be honest. I'll be very blunt about it. He was laughable to, for me to watch um, and try to be tough and try to um, act like he's some smart, smart but ass. He he's not. But, but, but in fairness, <laughs> he had the line of the night. The one, Which one? I, you know, whatever uh, about, you know, whatever was asking if Felicity was his, um, his mom. Yeah. His mom, or, yeah. His, his girlfriend. Or his girlfriend. Like, what yeah. are you dating? No, I'm gay, and that's my mom. That's yeah. my mom. Yeah. So, that mom. Yeah. Who, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, maybe, and maybe, maybe I'm putting too much blame on the actor and not enough blame on the writers, because what continues to bother me is he keeps focusing because they're trying to figure out who killed Felicity, i.e. Right. she's not dead. What's she called? <laughs> um, right. And and Mia even believes so. I, I believe her more than I do William. Um, he, he keeps talking about how she abandoned him. Well, in this episode, we're also led to believe that William wanted to go with right. his grandparents. So, so when did this abandonment happen? Oh, yeah. Oh, let me, Will, You're if right. I might add. It happened because of freaking the crossover next year that they stupidly announced. Like, I I think it was a mistake to announce next year's crossover so early. Who made that decision? Because all I can think is next year's crossover, next yeah. year's crossover. I don't care about anything else. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think CW, I think the powers to be at the network decided, let's go ahead and drop it to build up this event. And, and... The way the season is unfolding with Arrow, I mean, I, whenever they do the upfronts in May, I'm getting. It would not surprise me for them to to say, okay, season it, season eight, where this is this is this this is going to be the final final season of Arrow. Um, because they're tying up they're tying up various loose ends. They're introducing new. I mean, they obviously are introducing new characters and new potential arcs but I mean but let's just be honest the, the show's it's 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 Stephen Amell is the reason why that he's the father of the Arrowverse and he is the reason why we have this universe that we have because of and when you you realize that with 7A of this of with this season such a good first half yeah. of a season, yeah. might I add. You really realize that, and and so if indeed if the crossover is indeed Oliver's uh, deal with with the Monitor is that he sacrifices himself, I'm okay with that. 
the way because that would complete his arc because there's not much left that to be told in his story. Well, they haven't got their um, ultra like their super secret tattoos right, well, yet. Wait until next episode; they'll reveal yeah, how they got right. those that, and that's why. Season. That was kind of telegraphed, and it, I guess it. And Curtis, you know, going away now, that probably explains why he probably doesn't have why he's not around in the in the uh, future. Yeah, it would. I didn't even think about it like that. <laughs> You're totally <Yeah>. right. <laughs> few times, Will catches me by surprise, and that is one of them. I'm like, yeah, that is right. I never question where is Curtis. I'm always like, where freak is Oliver? Why isn't anybody concerned about him? Oh, he's dead. And, you know, here, as much as they are wrapping up loose ends, and you're absolutely right, the biggest loose end that they are not wrapping up, that is, and it's the only reason why I think that him dying in next year, or this year, might I add, um, crossover event is um, 2040 mm-hmm. and how it looks. Are, are you, Did we really waste eight seasons of an episode to build up a hero who technically did not save Star right. City and made it for the worst, according to his daughter? Right, right. So, as we know <laughs> from the Flash time, it's malleable. And so... And also with the legends. So what we're seeing with these these flash forwards could this be just a good dramatic narrative of a possible future timeline that could easily be blown up if you know if if what we all what we've just been talking about where Oliver does actually does survive the crossover event and and we do have a better star city because because otherwise it's yeah it, yeah it, it just it would it would suck to know that the series ends where we end up with a future where where star city is you know is just gone to hell and the glades are are actually the the better place with with uh bad hair renee as mayor Thank you for bringing up bad hair, Renee. I was going to put in a dig, but you beat me to it. And scarless, Renee, remember, I don't know how he resolves that scar issue. <laughs> still annoys me. Yeah, I, and, and that's what I continue to debate while watching Arrow um, Season 7 Part B is, okay, now that I feel like I know where we're going, how how the heck do we get there? Because where they're leading us isn't a happy ending, and I don't I don't don't believe in I don't believe in the happy endings for show. I think you can resolve the show with everyone living happily ever ever after. But to but in terms of hero heroism and sacrifice and the idea that this show really advocates for vigilante behavior and doing what's right against all odds and um, the rules, why would they basically end it with like, yeah, and everything went to hell and it was all the vigilante's fault. It doesn't doesn't make sense. sense. It doesn't make sense at all. Yeah. So, well, you know, you can't win them all. And, and I, maybe they were destined to have a bad um, 
second half of the season because the first half was like A plus yeah, material. And I'm, and I'm not saying that. I mean, I'm enjoying the second half. I'm not. I don't. I, it's not like Flash season four bad. And true. True. There, and there's a lot of good source material. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by, for example, like with Connor, and you know he was introduced mm-hmm. in the Legends, and they brought him over here now. And so there's there's some things there because and you know what happened you know you know again f- figuring out future you know future Diggle and future mm-hmm. things with Felicity. I mean we do still I mean we think we know that she's still alive, but maybe she's not. But you know so there's things that there, there's a lot of good little morsels that they have set out there that. Um, could that will well? I think we'll we'll have a, a satisfying seven B. I, I think at the end of the day, when we talk about this at the finale in May, we'll be like season seven was overall a great reset for the series to breathe new life in it, that it can continue, um, you know, for you know for a few more seasons, hopefully. <laughs> or and that we can then burn up in flames and kill it at the end of season eight and it's going to be just a half order i don't know i'm not the president of cw <laughs> it's and you know and this is we we've talked about this time and time again so this is the positives and negatives of podcasting about tv shows constantly speculating with other nerds like us is when you theorize so much about these shows, it removes some of the, I'm just a viewer who tunes yeah. in every week and goes in with no knowledge of what could happen or ideas of what should happen. And um, it's the pros and cons of what we're, we've we decided to do and what we yeah. want to talk about. Yeah. But, but it also makes it more fun to, well, just to like theorize instead of, you know, you get, you, you, you do get you get you get invested in a different kind of way instead of being a casual viewer. No, Will just likes to be like, "I was right, <laughs> I was right, Sarah, I was right. You were completely wrong, Sarah. Will, I was right." <laughs> we we don't have a running list of how many of Will's theories versus Sarah's theories have been correct. We don't give out participation trophies oh, every year. So, so, somebody's, somebody's telling on themselves because I have said a word. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Will, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you and give you a participation trophy for being right about a theory? <laughs> you can find me at Will M. Polk. That's W-I-L-L-M-P-O-L-K. And you can find me at SJ Belmont, S-J-B-E-L-M-O-N-T. Please follow ARC on Twitter at Nerd. Friend us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. But most importantly, rate, subscribe, and comment on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Hey, we also have a YouTube channel. Good night, geek out. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs>